What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today we have Chris... Oh, man, I didn't even ask this. I'm an idiot. Hey, uh, Chris, why don't you give the audience your last name, because I don't want to screw it up. <laughs> My last name is Gewen. Gewen, okay. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like it should be pronounced some other way, but uh, it's Gewen. Yeah, okay. Well, Chris Gewen, uh, thank you. I'm sorry I didn't ask that before, but you know, sometimes we make mistakes, and clearly I have. But that being said, he is the solo developer behind Adventures of Chris. Thanks for joining. Ah, glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, thanks again for reaching out. Uh, I had some time to play through a few levels of the game, and I gotta say, I'm actually really enjoying it so far. Um, but before we get into the game itself, I always like to start these off by just getting to know the people behind the games, because I think that's something that is often misrepresented. Um, so, Chris, tell me a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the games in the first place. Okay, well, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I've been playing games probably like a lot of your, your guests since, uh, since I was a kid. Uh, and he right. came along with my, uh, one of my, when my, one of my brothers was born, uh, the NES was a, was a kind of a present that came along with him. And I much preferred the NES to, uh, to have baby brother uh, <laughs> a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I learned, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, interested in games and, and wanting to make my own games for a long time. Yeah. Nice. And so uh, you told me a little bit about this during the uh, the email chain back and forth. Uh, you mentioned that the Adventures of Chris kind of came about as a, a earlier project in your career, and you ended up stumbling upon it later down the line and wanted to recreate it. Can you tell me a little bit about what that was like? Yeah, so uh, the very first iteration, I guess, of Adventures of Chris was just kind of like... Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a heard of a tool called Click and Play. Uh, it's a very early uh, non-programmers, you know, game making tool. Okay. Uh, when I was in like middle school, uh, I you know I uh, tried out and uh, made just a whole bunch of you know goofy little projects and tried to kind of you know push the bounds of what you could do with it because you couldn't even like scroll the screen with it. Like it was this is a fairly early tool, so it was pretty limited. Right. But uh, I made. Uh, the first version of Adventures of Chris on it, trying to basically duplicate. Um, there's, a, there's a game for Sega Genesis that I really liked called uh, Quackshot, starring Donald Duck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of a, uh, a globe-trotting adventure. Uh, really great soundtrack for the Genesis too. If you've never never listened to it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, I just sort of made my own version. I put myself and you know my different like friends and family members in there. A lot of inside jokes and. It was kind of, you know, goofy fun. And uh, yeah, I uncovered it on an old hard drive, I guess about by now, eight or nine years ago, just really a wow. long time ago. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's like, wow, you know, this is actually like still kind of, uh, there, there, there was a fun to it that I felt I had kind of lost. Like a lot of my creative projects at that point had been getting like kind of super dour and serious. Right. And there was something just kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know, like like fun and uh, lighthearted about it, and just mm -hmm. comedic. That was that was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, kind of recapturing a little bit of like '90s childhood, uh, <laughs> like the, the shameless copying of other games from the time and stuff like that. And so it's like, you no, know, I'll just remake it. Uh, now that I'm, you know, an actual programmer and I've taken CS courses and stuff like that, like I should be able to do it right. 
Right, uh, right. So I remade it in Flash, actually, which was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> that was going away pretty quickly at that point. I did release it on the Ouya. I don't know if you're familiar with the Ouya. Yeah, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, that came out in like, was like 2012, 2013, something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a lot of fun, but um, it, by the time I actually got my game out on it, it was uh, pretty, um, the Ouya was pretty much on its way out at that point, unfortunately. Right. So I thought, you know, I'll dump it on Steam. Uh, but then I had the idea that I should like actually hire an artist and uh, somebody who actually understands how to do music and sound effects to kind of redo <laughs> my, my midis and stuff and make it, make it, make it sound good, make it, make it look better than I can do with my uh, not so great pixel art skills. <laughs> uh, and this was during the era of Steam Greenlight, so like the I, I know I kind of got like on the and all these different weird sort of indie game periods since the game mm -hmm. took so long to make. Uh, but Greenlight, yeah, and then uh, Greenlight went away about the time that I got in through Greenlight. Oh. It's like oh, I missed time to that one too. Always at the tail end of everything, it seems. Yeah. Uh, but then I, uh, so I just, you know, I'm just going to make the game I want to make, make it as good as I feel like I can, I can reasonably do with my limited budget and, uh, mm -hmm. and just see, yeah, and, and release it when I'm ready and it'll just be what it is. So, uh, actually released, uh, back in October of 2020. Yeah. So, Steam and Tell me, tell me about, uh, how long that project was. Cause there's a lot of back and forth in between, like, obviously creating it for the Ouya, creating a Flash version of it, creating this one, which is kind of like, I, I associate it as like the HD remastered version yeah. based on the way you described it. But like, what's what was the process like? How long did that actually take you to to create this latest version of Adventures of Chris? Uh, yeah, I guess the HD remastered version. I mean, it was a process over like five, five and a half years-ish. Wow. Okay. But it was. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like I was just you know working on it exclusively during that time. There was definitely some on and off periods, uh, right? On work schedules and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So this was this was more of like a side project during, uh, you know, whatever it was you were doing full time. Yeah. 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 This is yeah. And, and and the artist, you know, Kyle Anderson, who's my uh, artist and animator. Uh, you know, he was, he also had other projects he was working on at the same time too. So part of, part of that is just when you, when you don't have like unlimited budget, you know, that's one of the ways you, you can, you can save is by like getting in people's like, you know, their, their side time and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Um, yeah. That makes sense. So is there any way that, uh, and we'll get into the actual specific game, uh, in a second, but just thinking about, you know, those different versions, is there any way to play the original one out there? I was thinking about, you know having this game and having like unlockables or secrets to it, so to speak. Is there any way to play that first version? Uh, the click and play one is gone. Uh, Darn. Well, at least as far as I can't get it to work. Right. Okay. Uh, there may be a way to do it, but it's also, you know, full of stolen midis and assets. So I, uh, yeah, probably can't use that. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be in any, no one's, yeah, I can't sell it or anything productive with it anyway. Uh, yeah i mean i'm more of just thinking of kind of like a historical thing about like look where this kind of came from you know uh something yeah. more more or less like one of those you know how if you get like a, a a collection game of games from from like the 90s or things like that like nes classics or things like that they'll have in there something like oh this is you know 
concept art and things like that. That would be your concept art, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. We definitely included some of the uh, the, the the stuff from the pixel art. There's some throwbacks in the current game, and um, we we gave out like a little like PDF art book for our mailing list, and that's got like some of the befores and afters. So I'm sometimes a little nervous of putting in there because some people are really lovers of pixel art. So even though I don't consider myself super good at it, some people are like, oh man. Like, why like, would you do this? <laughs> I like her pixel art better. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But it's okay. I, I think it looks great the way it is, but let's talk about the actual game itself now. Let's talk about this, this newer version, the one that just released. For those who don't know anything about Adventures of Chris, how would you describe this game and, and what makes it so special? So Adventures of Chris is uh, a 90s style adventure platformer. That's that's the phrase that I like to use for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it is very action heavy in that uh, there's a lot of platforming to it, but there's also, you know, you get to choose uh, how you go around the world. You get to build your character up, learn a lot of skills and things like that. So there, there's, there's a significant story component too. So uh, there's some text. So right. The adventure component is is also, I think, you know, pretty heavy in the game, and it, it's kind of patterned after, in my mind at least, a lot of the the '90s Disney platformer games, or Ducktales and 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 Quackshot, obviously, and you know, yep. Past Evolution and games like that, where uh, I was really trying to go for like a '90s cartoon feel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I think uh, you stuck the landing. Yeah, part of what part of what you know makes it special is just like this idea that the main character is like a caricature of what I was like in the seventh grade. It's an overweight, nerdy, very kind of goofy kid uh, who finds himself sort of caught up in uh, a, a very cheesy '90s Saturday morning cartoon story, and winds up kind of inadvertently getting a lot of wacky superpowers. And uh, by the end of the story, he saved the world. But it. There, there's, a, there's a journey there. <laughs> right, of course. I was actually, it's funny you mentioned it because I was going to ask. I was like, Chris, your name's Chris. It's the Adventures of Chris. Is this real life? What's what's going on here? Can you turn into a balloon? <laughs> well, there was that one phase, yeah, back in uh, 2013. <laughs> but you know, then I went on the Atkins diet. And, uh, See, there you go. So, yeah, sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good sponsor. Um, obviously <laughs> not, right? Although having the power to inflate and deflate, like, I think it sounds actually pretty cool. Uh, because especially even using it, I was like, oh, this is interesting because I didn't understand really how it would work, so to speak. Um, but where did you come up with the like the inspiration for like, obviously, you you put into that that idea of being, you know, the, the more chunkier individual uh, yeah. from your previous lifestyle. But where was the idea of being like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could just like puff up and then go back down? Well, uh, it's it's basically taken from Super Mario World. Uh, mm -hmm. Remember, there are several levels where Mario gets like uh, the pee balloon and can and yeah, yeah, yeah. float around. Uh, nice. But the uh, like earlier versions of Adventures of Chris uh that mechanic was not as well developed uh and not barely even there in the very first one uh and so it just occurred to me as i was playing that i could actually make it a much more strong like piece of the platforming because of the gravity aspect of it right uh, and the idea of like being able to turn the the floor into a or the ceiling into a floor kind of and, and yeah think about it maybe a little bit of a different way uh or you know some some reverse platforming uh, and uh, it just, I guess it just kind of felt right for uh, for, for Chris. Um, 
he he's got uh like if he just kind of came out of the gate like basically being spider-man or whatever it i'm i'm not sure people would have uh would have been able to come along for that ride quite quite as well but i really liked the idea of chris having a power that felt like an insult at first yeah and like you know he was he, it was unintentional or even like yeah i guess kind of imposed on him against his will and he sort of learned to say hey you know i'm gonna take this and turn it around and make it a superpower mm -hmm. uh, and i thought that was just kind of a neat idea um i always sort of appreciated that aspect of like x-men and ninja turtles and some of that the cartoons from when i was that age um since a lot of their superpowers were you know kind of curses in a way right right and they find a way to to utilize what they the hand they've been dealt and, exactly. and make you know something something uh incredible based on having this detriment yeah and it's also sort of felt a part of the story of chris sort of being an outcast and being kind of uh you know the social misfit kid and uh, getting to like turn around and, and use what made him different uh, as something, you know, cool and awesome, hopefully. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, sticking to the topic of inspiration, I really uh, wanted to just talk kind of about those those games or other assets that, that might have influenced you. You've kind of mentioned it already, but like one of the main things that I got when I was playing this game was a lot of Mega Man vibes. Uh, there's a lot of, of that same feeling, at least for me. Um, other than maybe, you know, those those 90, car uh, 90 cartoons, was there anything in particular that really was just the, the main inspiration in between uh, from, you know, the, the more pixel art based version to going to this new uh, newest version of Chris, uh, Adventures of Chris? Well, Mega Man X was definitely yes. a big influence on the pixel art version. Um, like I, I, you know, because I'm not a trained artist, I, I use that as a model from like, I would try to find characters from those, those sprite sheets, uh, when I was doing the pixel art version. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, certain aspects are very Mega Man for sure. Like the, the health bars when you fight the bosses and just, just the fact of, you know, traveling the world in whatever order you want to go to and, you know, finding each boss and, uh, getting different skills but just to be fair like uh it's it's not like mega man in the sense of you need to get there's no boss kill order right uh, to adventures of chris like I, I really resisted that aspect of it um but you know certainly like finding bonus skills throughout like mega man x re you know um it there, there's a replaying it it can be pretty rewarding because there's so much stuff to find uh, and sort of new ways to go about it, different orders you can do things in, and little challenges you can impose on yourself. So I really tried to bring all that over for sure. Yeah, yeah, because that was that was one of my first things when I started playing it and going to the different worlds. I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything secret like in Mega Man X with like the Hadouken thing. Aha. Well, uh, there's not a Hadouken, but there's definitely some secret powers and stuff. And I'm not sure how far into it you you made it, but if you've ever pulled down the the in-game menu. Mm -hmm. uh, where it sort of shows like a schematic of Chris with like all the different abilities around and that that's you know I guess pretty obviously from Super Metroid right but like uh yeah there's you get a lot of a lot of abilities by the end of the game awesome or, here or you can <laughs> right if you're looking for them yeah. um one of the main things about this I was actually pretty surprised because when I first saw this game my initial thought I was like how could a platformer be tough if you just keep floating everywhere, right? But there were a number of times as I played through a couple of these levels where I was like, oh, this is actually kind of challenging. There are definitely places where you have to 
kind of understand that, you know, the world has been shaped in a way that fits his power. Um, but like, was this a concern or while you were creating this, were there ever times where you're like, oh, this is not tough and I need to like rescope the project? Uh, like, like you, you mean as, as far as like the, the difficulty level goes um, with, with the floating? Yeah, I'm thinking more of like level design because I think that obviously changes a lot when you implement something where you're able to like like because platformers you you yeah the very you know yeah I get, I get it and I think I think if I if I understand the question right like I think this was definitely a, a challenge in understanding things was that yeah Chris can float really early on you know this is not mm -hmm. a ability he gets later on so like as far as making it a Metroidvania he can basically go anywhere he wants right out of the gate right uh, so he's not he's not limited movement wise i'm not going to give him a high jump or something like that right, right. Um, but uh and I, so i think like pretty naturally you might think well you should make your world like owlboy where everything is kind of enclosed mm -hmm. uh, and and it's sort of like a big interior space like more of a traditional you know metroidvania type idea but i really wanted the world travel uh, right and the ability to um to you know, move around an exterior space, and the way I sort of figured out to kind of finesse it—it's not perfect, I admit—but uh, I feel like it sort of solves some of the basic thing of being outside. Is that you can always, uh, if you float to the top of the screen, you can always return to the world map. Yeah. Uh, and so what'll happen is if you get too high, it'll ask you, you know, do you want to go back to the map or not? Mm -hmm. Which sort of functions like if you ever played Mario World, the uh, you can always. Uh, uh, you know, select start or whatever and back out back to the map if you want to. And this sort of gives you like an in-game story rationale for being able to do that. This is right. Float away. There's um, <laughs> kind of a, an artificial ceiling imposed on even the exterior worlds. Uh, so you can't just, you know, float arbitrarily over everything. Uh, but most people don't even really try, I've noticed. Like it hasn't really been that big of a problem when I've watched people play. Like most people kind of they they progress pretty naturally through the levels. Yeah. Okay. So been encouraging. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah, because when I first started, the first thing I did was fly all the way straight up to see if I could just skip a level, and then got that message and was like, "Oh, I can't do that." <laughs> yeah, what's well, a natural try? Um, so let's talk about uh, Chris himself in the game, right? Um, in this. You talked about people probably wouldn't be as as gung-ho about his character if he had immediately turned into something like a Spider-Man, right? Um, my main question on this is just like, why did you decide to to go for, for this as the story to be told? Like, what's the main message that when people play, play the adventures of Chris, other than it being a fun time, right? What's the message you're trying to, to convey with this game? Uh, that's a tricky question because uh, I feel like 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 the message is one of um, uh, you know kind of uh, you know, recognizing the uh, like, like I guess the value in in aspects of yourself that maybe people around you don't. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's a it's it, it's a slow process in game. Right. Um, there is, uh, like, I mean, when you first start out, like the world is pretty mean to Chris, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, the, uh, th there's, there's a, there's a buildup and also just, I think in Chris, like building up his confidence and sort of recognizing, uh, what he brings to the table, um, 
uh, you know, not just in terms of, you know, artificially given superpowers, but just, you know, his own, you know, tenaciousness or, uh, right. you know, spirit or whatever, um, that, uh, he, he has something of value to offer, um, independent of, you know, what everyone is, not everyone, there are some nice people, but <laughs> a lot of people in game are telling him that he's, he is, you know, basically, uh, a joke. Right. Um, and uh, so he's kind of, you know, struggling to, to figure out his role in all this. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I'm hoping that it, that, is, that there's, there's an, a sense of encouragement and a sense of, of confidence that comes. But uh, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, the thing with messages is I don't want to, you know, there's not any beating over the head going on with it. Right, right. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it takes a while. Like it's uh, the... Chris, Chris definitely earns the respect of the, you know, the Kingdom of Lost Balloons and all the other characters, but uh, it's not immediate. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Sometimes it's a slow burn. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to talk about, because uh, we mentioned those powers, some of that cool stuff, uh, right? I just want to know, what's your favorite power in this game? Oh, that's an interesting question. I, uh, what am, cause I think... My absolute favorite power is one that I kind of don't want to spoil. Uh, being right. right. What's your favorite that you can spoil? <laughs> ah, well, you know what? Maybe I'll spoil it anyway. I really like the lightning spell. Uh, okay. That, that Chris gets uh, or can get as a bonus towards the end, uh, just because you you it, it, it's it's remarkably powerful. Um, in that uh, when you when you cast it, it just it it, it takes the. Uh, uh, the closest bad guy zaps and kills just like, you know, lightning uh, mm -hmm. right at that moment. And so like, uh, compared to what you had been doing prior where you're really, you know, having to focus on aiming and, you know, shooting and all of this mess, uh, just to be able to run around and, and fry everything, you know, kind of like a Sith Lord is remarkably satisfying to me. Okay. Uh, but you do have to you do have to earn that spell <laughs> <laughs> makes sense you got to show uh, a little bit of that progression right yeah um but it, but it, in the in the previous version the UI version of the game he has a lightning skill but uh, it's more of like a constant like stream that he's blasting horizontally which is satisfying for a different reason but we couldn't get that to get couldn't get it to look right with the new graphic style so like let's try this and i thought it worked out really well so <laughs> uh you know turned out happenstance to uh, be a i think a more fun power but. that's awesome all right so you know we we mentioned it uh about at the top of the show this game has already released it's been released since october mm -hmm. um what's what's next are you planning on doing anything as far as like a sequel is chris gonna have another adventure or are you gonna do something completely different and put this to bed uh, that's a really good question, because uh, you know I think a lot of a lot of us uh, people who like to make games, we uh, it, it, it's hard to turn it off, right? Uh, and and I um, I don't have any plans to like you know do any sequels or anything to Adventures of Chris specifically, but what I'm working on right now is just kind of uh, like well, well we'll we'll do a fun project and we'll just see how it goes because I've always been mm -hmm. in JRPGs. Uh, oh, okay. So I wanted to do a JRPG kind of set in the same universe. Like it'll be different characters and stuff, but um, I really like the the '90s Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic. 
so I'm thinking of doing and going back to pixel art too, but just uh, <laughs> uh, a, a, like a yeah like a, a JRPG uh, globe trotting adventure, but instead of a platformer, you know, uh, maybe turn based. We'll see how what I decide. But All right, that's what I'm leaning towards now. That's awesome. Well, I'll be looking forward to it because I. Like I said, I'm having fun with the adventures of Chris, so I'd like to see what comes next from you. Uh, but before we wrap this up, once again, obviously, thank you for coming on. But before we wrap up, I always like to end these with one final question, which is just some general advice. The people in uh, you know our audience, some of them might want to get into the indie space. They want to work on games. You know, out of all of the stuff that you've done in your past what's probably like you know one or two things that have really stuck with you and helped you along the way oh wow that's a that's a good question i would say uh i mean i it because I, I go back and forth on it a lot but i mean i think one of the things that was most helpful for me was just deciding to work on a project that actually really engaged me mm -hmm. um just because you know, at the at the end of it, you don't know whether or not your game is going to sell well or not. You can, you know, you're going to try as hard as you can, of course, but uh, you want to enjoy the process, right? Because um, I, I have tried, you know, you know, making the, the the phone game that you can, you know, pump out really quickly that you think, oh, it'll have a better better chance. And you know, if you're not if you're not, you know, as engaged in it, you're not going to, I think. Uh, you know, want to put in as much work and get it done. So I don't know. Um, but at the same time, like, I, I feel like it was, it was a good decision of mine to, uh, uh, keep the day job, shall we say, <laughs> uh, just cause it gives me more, more freedom to make the art style that I wanted to make. Um, even though it took longer, uh, right. but, um, I could make the game I actually wanted to make because I, I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, having the, the a very narrow constraint of time and budget, because um, as a side project, it was actually a lot more flexible, and I feel like I could I could really do what I wanted to do. Right. Uh, it, had, it has its downsides, so it's, no, it's not for everybody, but uh, <laughs> it worked for me. It works out, though. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to be passionate about it, but sometimes you have to be realistic, right? Of course, there's a balance. Yeah. Well. As I said, uh, Adventures of Chris is currently available for PC and on Switch. So if any of this sounds interesting, definitely go ahead, pick up a copy. And once again, Chris, thank you so much for joining. Oh, thanks for having me.